Good afternoon. I'm excited to have on board our latest guest, Terry Gallagher, the President and CEO of Gallagher and Consultants. And Terry joins us today from North Carolina, and we're, we're happy to be hosting her. So, Terry, I wanted to open it up to you to, to talk a little bit about Gallagher and Consultants and uh, your career path. Where did it start, and, and how did you end up beginning your own consultancy? Well, my favorite subject, right? Um, and I'm thrilled to be here, and, and my intent is to contribute something meaningful. So we started this company about two years ago, and I come from the MSP staffing space and just saw a lot of changes and shifts in the market. And I saw clients getting a lot more sophisticated. I saw a lot of things happening with technology and the growth of the gig workforce. And I really wanted to step in the space and change the model. And the only way to really do that and change the model of delivery to support kind of the new normal in our workforce landscape was to start Gallagher and Consultants. And so that's what we've been doing. You know, we have a consultancy that provides support around contingent workforce and total talent workforce acquisition. It's very technology-focused and enabled. And then we also have um, an ecosystem model of delivery around MSP and um, contingent workforce management that we use um, to deliver for our clients. So it's been an exciting ride, and I'm just thrilled with the level of support that I've gotten from the community and, and people like yourself and, and Catalan that want to give kind of the smaller players in the space a voice and a chance to uh, add to the dialogue. So that's it <laughs> in a nutshell. And, and you know, we're, we're excited to hear a little bit more from your perspective about, you know, where you've seen the landscape evolve from, from the past 20 years. So tell us a little bit about your background, how, how you started out in, in this space um, and, and contingent workforce and how, how it's evolved over the past couple of decades in your, in your perspective. Yeah, I started out about 20 years ago, and I actually designed and developed Walt Disney World's first internally managed contingent workforce program for technology. And at that time, we were starting to see kind of the growth around technology. There was Chimes, and there's a few different players that came into the space. And so technology kind of came in and started shifting the landscape. And so that kind of evolved over the past 20 years into the MSP, VMS model that's been used and leveraged. And that model was really created and started as kind of the 2.0, the, the vendor on-premise, where clients wanted some structure and process around just bringing on board their contingent labor. And then that's really grown into where we are today, which is just this explosive growth of the gig workforce, huge um, technology and talent acquisition technology changes that are really changing the landscape. Clients are much more sophisticated now than they were even three years ago. And so that model that kind of started, you know, where, you know, I worked for Tapsin and, and Pontoon and, you know, Taleo, um, and got a lot of great background there, but um, I think the model of delivery has really just changed dramatically over the past even two or three years. And so we're seeing some changes, particularly with the technology sector and some of the, the digital workforce platforms and freelancer platforms and even the vendor management systems taking over systemically maybe some of those processes that were handled by, you know, traditional contingent workforce management programs. And that's really where where we are today. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later, but um, I think technology is probably the biggest change agent right now, um, and also just uh, some of these um, digital workforce platforms and freelancer and gig workforce 
um, players are really kind of just flipping the script on the model. I'd be happy sure. to look into that. Yeah, I would love to learn a little bit more about your perspective on some of the biggest opportunities out there uh, that, that you know, your, your clients have started to take advantage of and where you think others can start to look into. Yeah, I think clients are really, they're asking us for true thought leadership around not just the process piece and the operations piece, but, you know, how do they leverage technology more effectively um, we're seeing a lot of clients that have multiple systems, right, you know, Workday and Success Factors, and they have a VMS tool, and they want to leverage digital platforms. And I think where the opportunity is is they really struggle with integrating some of those, some of that technology, right? So how do they really leverage the technology? And talent right now is number one for companies. You know, how do we get access to talent, the best talent? How do we widen the net to bring talent in the door, and how do we leverage this technology to do that? And I think the biggest opportunity, and it's probably oversaid, but, you know, how do we bring together all of these different workforce categories, you know, permanent, gig, ICE, you know, independent contractors, um, you know, uh, retirees, talent sourcing, um, talent pools, how can, you know, the client's biggest question is how they can bring all of those parties together in a, a comprehensive system from an operations and a technology standpoint. So I think that's the biggest opportunity right now, but it really just comes down to talent. You know, everybody just wants the highest quality talent delivered as quickly and as seamlessly and as efficiently as possible. That's the $65,000 question. Right. It makes sense. It's also a bit overwhelming having all of these different vendors and understanding the landscape and knowing who to use when and how to mitigate all that risk. How do you go about educating that end customer? What are what are some of the tactics you've used that have been effective? We know it's interesting. Um, I just had a call. It's so timely because I just had a call with a client that we have right now yesterday that has implemented success factors. They are really trying to just get their arms around their their talent acquisition strategy and how do they leverage um, some of these different platforms. And the challenge that they had is, um, and they're also bringing in, by the way, an MSP and VMS solution, and the challenge they have is they have no processes. You know, they don't even have job descriptions. They've got their racks sitting on spreadsheets. And so being able to first look at the process and being able to then look at, you know, how to how do you, workforce strategies fit into that. For instance, you know, an MSP and a VMS can also support permanent talent acquisition, right? It can also, you know, work with, you know, bringing in some RPO and some ATS components. A lot of the MSPs out there are starting to collaborate with and integrate with some of the digital workforce, you know, platforms like Catalans and Upwork, but it's slow going, right? So I think the biggest opportunity is really around um, helping the clients develop the right requirements, getting their processes in mind first, and then educating them on the opportunities, and then educating them on what these tools can and can't do and what the, the digital workforce platforms can and can't do. And I think that that's probably the biggest opportunity. But they are much more open and willing to make changes and to embrace some of these platforms. Um, I think it's just a matter of educating them and then, you know, being that kind of steward and, you know, 
having that consultative approach to educate them on what the, the options are. Yeah, and you've, you've touched upon this a bit already, but how have the clients' demands shifted in the past decade or so? What kind of needs have surfaced um, from your perspective that are different from when you first started out in this space? They're a lot smarter. Um, they are a lot more willing to implement quickly multiple um, channels of workforce strategy. For instance, we have a client today that is implementing a traditional MSP VMS platform, but they also want to bring in recruitment and RPO and some different things, and they want to do that right away. You know, they also want to start looking at statement of work right away. So I think that the they want to move a lot faster. They want thought leadership. They really want strategic direction on their total workforce, and they want strategic direction on the technology options available and what's available within the town supply chain um, because they know. In fact, we're seeing a lot of the, the digital workforce platforms and freelancer platforms being adopted from kind of a ground-up perspective where you've got maybe a maverick in the organization that sees the opportunity and wants to leverage some of these platforms and they're driving the business to then accommodate it, right, as opposed to, you know, in the past where it kind of came from corporate and then they mandated, you know, from HR procurement or the CIO or whoever, um, here's what we're going to roll out. And we're seeing some of that coming, particularly with embracing some of the, the new technology that's coming from the ground up um, where hiring managers or, you know, a project manager will see the value. But they're definitely a lot smarter they want a lot more thought leadership. They really want guidance on how to leverage these tools. And they're more willing to embrace um, this, these workforce solutions. And I'm also seeing there's a little less fear around the risk. You know, the ICs three or four years ago using independent consultants, contractors, there's a lot of fear around co-employment risk. And, of course, you know, the politicians are not helping, right, by talking about how they're being exploited and they're not getting benefits and, you know, the IRS going after um, different companies and, of course, everything that Uber is going through. But we're also seeing these platforms continue to get massive investment. Um, we're seeing more and more workers step into this space. I think the common um, quote is at least half our workforce is going to be independent in the next couple of years. So I think companies are, are coming on board with that and realizing that some of the best talent can only be found now in these, the, the gig workforce or in the, the um, independent consulting um, communities. Sure. And I, and I think this on-demand accessibility is that much more prevalent that there are companies like Uber that you know, consumers are able to tap into services with a, with a button. Um, and so you do have people from the ground up that are looking for the same sort of solution. How do you reconcile things coming from the ground up and then protocol coming from um, you know, HR and, and procurement? Um, it's messy. <laughs> you know, ultimately, you know, we found that HR procurement, CTOs, CIOs, um, you know, all of the different acronyms, they really don't want noise from the business. They genuinely want the business to be happy. So, so I think the biggest thing is, um, and we see this with a lot of clients, it's a small thing, but it's a powerful thing, is to really go out to the field when you're building your requirements and listen to the people on the ground. Um, so the biggest piece is developing the requirements, first of all, of, of what business problem you're trying to solve and what workforce strategy is going to work and what technology do you need to bring in place and engage the business. Um, the way that we 
work with a lot of our clients is we'll do an assessment, which is pretty standard. But the one requirement we make is you've got to include people that are, you know, in the field, you know, right down to, you know, even with some of our manufacturing clients, a plant manager or people on the line to develop the requirements. So doing that helps you understand what's going on with the business. And now you've got them engaged. They're much more likely to embrace the solution that's being created and you have a better understanding of what's going on. And then the second piece of that is is really having the right consultative support. Um, if you bring it in from the outside or you have it on the inside, that really understands the options available and what's going to work for you and be able to guide you through that process and help you develop your requirements correctly. And then once those are developed, to then match those requirements to the right solution. And that way, you know, you've got each – and also involve the right people. So involving not only HR and procurement, but technology, involving your finance folks. You know, a lot of these different um, – a lot of these different departments are going to be involved or touched by these solutions. So getting the right people involved and engaged is very important so that when HR or procurement or the CIO comes up with a solution that you've got the requirements right, you've got the field engaged, and then you've also – can step out with the right blend of workforce strategy and or technology to support that. And with some of the, the freelancer and the digital platforms, if the business has already started using them, and that's really what's happening. It's more of a groundswell, I think, to um, embracing this type of technology, include them in the requirements and find out why they're using these systems and how it's helping, and then make that a part of the technology ecosystem that you're providing back to the business and making sure that when you work with, you know, on the contingent workforce side, for instance, on MSP and VMS, make sure that if you want to use a Catalan or one of the others, that the, the solution providers are truly able to integrate or engage with these solutions. And what I'm finding is it's hit or miss. Um, there's a lot of MSP providers out there that are partnering or buying different platforms, right? Um, or they have an alliance or a partnership, but then when it gets to actual execution, it could be a little bumpy as far as how do you really integrate a Catalan into a solution, a contingent workforce management program. So just making sure that um, everybody is marching to in the same direction around leveraging some of these different platforms. Sure. Yeah, it sounds like you need a real full holistic strategy across the organization where you get buy-in from those exactly. different stakeholders. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to take it back and look at the macro trend of the gig economy. It's become this buzzword for describing that ripple effect on-demand services like Uber, Airbnb have. And I wanted to touch a little bit more on how this affects you and your clients and whether the, you know, whether the presence of these types of services make it easier for you to talk about reaching out to this talent in a way that hasn't been accessed in the past when you when you liken them to something that they're more familiar with? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, they, the terminology is really confusing because gig is used for a lot of things, right? Gig can be used for the Uber driver or it can be used for an independent consultant that does, you know, Java development or it can be, you know, TaskRabbit, somebody that, you know, fixes your screen door. So I think it's, first of all, explaining the terminology and, and what it covers and then being able to talk to them at a high level around um, what each of the 
the components of the gig economy are and then how that ties into their total workforce strategy. And then also just educating them on the value of the talent. Um, there's still a lot of outdated perceptions around workers that you'll find on a freelancer platform or contingent workers that you would get from a, a staffing company or, or going on TaskRabbit and finding a handyman or whatever that looks like that they're either a lesser quality resource because that's why they're on that platform or they're just looking for a job or there's just this perception that there's going to be, you know, they're not going to be as dedicated, you know, to the organization as say a permanent employee would and some of that is changing, but I think that there's a huge educational piece around that, that particularly in STEM and some of these other categories, some of your best talent is only in these communities. You know, most ICs and freelancers do it because they like doing it. We're moving to 50% of our workforce being in this community because they like the flexibility. Um, they like the ability to kind of create their own um, marketability and, and being in demand. I think that there's a shift from you know, thinking that I'm going to work for a corporation and that's going to be safe and I'm going to be there 15 years, I think that, that the way we work is changing where people are starting to see that you create your own safety, that you create your own marketability by keeping your skills up and that you can literally, you know, create your own career path through this channel. So I think that the way we work has changed and I think we need to embrace that this type of talent is very valuable talent. And then for the clients, it's really helping them understand how they can leverage this talent to then elevate their business as a whole. Um, talent is still priority one. So being able to kind of walk them through what a total workforce solution will look like. I think, um, I don't remember if Deloitte or Ernst & Young quoted, started the term fluid workforce. Um, but we are becoming more fluid you know, the workforce today is made up of, or tomorrow, maybe next year, it's going to look very much like this landscape of a combination of gig workers and independent consultants and retirees and um, permanent workers and contract workers and even looking at, you know, bots to an AI and machine learning and, you know, looking at where certain tasks can be replaced by technology. So, I think it's just educating everyone on, on how the workforce is shifting and then how do they leverage some of these different technology platforms and leverage this different labor category for their growth as a company. And the technology is really a great delivery system for that, and these different technology platforms are a great delivery system for that. But um, I think education is really just the biggest piece. Yeah, and this, this is actually a great segue to my next question. You talk a lot in your blogs and thought leadership about a tech-first approach to managing this workforce. Can you go a little bit deeper into what you mean by that? Well, a tech-first approach is really about um, leveraging the technology to its maximum. You know, I know a lot of people in the recruiting community, for instance, or in the staffing community, view a Catalant or they view some of these, um, talent acquisition technologies as a threat or it's going to replace what we're doing. And the reality is it's not. It's elevating everyone. These platforms are a way to get access to talent and widen the talent net that you may not typically have. Um, and then also just leveraging some of the systemic efficiencies that come from talent acquisition technology and come from these candidate matching technologies and bots that can go out and 
look for, you know, resumes and LinkedIn and then match that up to, you know, their, what they, where they went to school and what does their Facebook profile look like and then come up with an algorithm that predicts how likely they'll be able to do a job. That takes away some of the tactical and then really kind of elevates the, the humans to do more value-add work, the strategic thinking, the relationship building. So that's what I mean by technology-first approach. It's really just optimally leveraging technology and, and the full technology ecosystem to expand your talent supply chain, to get access to talent you might not normally have through traditional channels, to get access to that talent that is only sitting on a Catalan or is only wanting to be an independent or wants to work part-time. So it's really about just elevating the whole solution and elevating your company as a whole to get the talent that you need to grow. I mean, at the end of the day, it is about talent. It's the lifeblood of a company. So that's what I mean by technology first. Um, But you need both. You need the technology and the people. I just think that sometimes there's a lot of fear and misunderstanding around what this technology can do. But... um, Every day there's another new player coming into the talent acquisition space. I think there's a lot of cannibalizing going on. You know, as the technology providers come up with a new feature, a new functionality, you'll have someone else that kind of eats that up and incorporates that into their platform and then continues to evolve. So I I do see this kind of massive amount of, you know, different technology players in talent acquisition and contingent workforce management and vendor management really starting to kind of condense and consolidate to, um, you know, probably bigger players in the space or players that have multiple capabilities. In fact, um, I am a mentor for Talent Tech Labs in New York, and they are a startup for talent acquisition technology. And I have a client right now that actually wants to um, look at maybe bringing in a couple of these providers to help with not only candidate sourcing, but the candidate experience and um, wants a technology that can do kind of both of those. So I, I don't know what you guys are seeing, but I'm certainly seeing a lot of that happen in, in the in the industry where we're seeing a lot of cannibalizing and consolidating. Yeah, for sure. I think right now there's a lot of processing what's out there and understanding what solution will work. And one of the things that um, we, we preach here at Catalan is that technology is, is a mere enabler. It's, like you said, helping us get about sourcing, about using our algorithms to match the right people with the right business needs. But there is that guidance from the human eye, from understanding how to work with people and push projects forward that can just not be replicated in technology yet. So it's really things that go hand in hand, um, and, and we really can't separate um, the way that they come together at the end of the day. Tech is 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 wonderful thing, but when it comes to human talent management, there is that component that you know we as humans we have that interpersonal connection and just just can't replace quite yet. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely not. And if it ever does get replaced, that's going to probably be a pretty scary day, right? I don't even know if I want to <laughs> see what that looks like. <laughs> I think we, there's we a sci-fi movie out path, there. Yeah. Well, I wanted to hear a little bit more about the ecosystem model, and that's another thing that you talk about in a lot of your thought leadership. Why is it important in this space? Well, it's certainly one that we've adopted, and we have a trademark model. It's being used a lot. You know, I think the word is being used for pretty much everything nowadays. But, you know, really when you look at the ecosystem from a, you know, a nature perspective, it's kind of survival of the fittest, right? 
Um, you have different organisms that come in, you know, i.e. different technology providers that come in and either they continue to add value or produce or they're cannibalized by another more powerful organism. But there's also an interdependency around, you know, bringing in different solutions and bringing in, um, just like a, a normal ecosystem, bringing in different workforce providers. It's how we deliver um, a lot of the models that have been out there, particularly, which is mostly my background, MSP and VMS, it's very much like, you know, you have a, a system and a process, and it's, it's very transactional, and then you bring in a vendor management tool, and they provide kind of this baseline foundational support, but it's a bit static, and it doesn't allow or make room for other technology players that can come in quickly, plug and play, or possibly bringing in change management expertise or bringing in, you know, a, a perm recruitment solution. So the ecosystem is really about um, expanding the solution seamlessly and bringing in just the, the players that are needed in a very dynamic environment. So it's even about, and this is, you know, people are surprised when I say this, but it's even about partnering with the competition, which I can tell you from the industry I come from, that is an anomaly um, it's a very competitive environment, and we see it more as if you partner with the competition, particularly if they're, you know, smarter or faster in a particular um, service offering, you elevate the solution. If you have an ecosystem approach where you might use, you know, multiple technology platforms, particularly today because they're all being designed with open API, they're all being designed to work with some of the big players, success factors, and, um, you know, some of the other ones that are out there, Workday. It just makes for a better solution for the client, and it gives them the flexibility to expand and flex quickly to incorporate different workforce solutioning. Um, the ecosystem really addresses a lot of gaps that are in the market today, and some of those gaps are around how do we get past transactional support and control? How do we get past, you know, implementing a success factors, but we don't have the right processes. And by the way, we also want to kind of expand and leverage digital workforce platforms and ICs. So it's really about allowing for that and having a solution that is open and can bring in different components seamlessly to deliver on that. And it's about being dynamic. And the other piece of this that we don't do is we don't have any contractual partnerships or alliances. At all, you know, we basically, as I like to say, our ecosystem is a very low barrier of entry. If I have a conversation with you and you're nice, you're in. You know, you seem smart because at some point we'll probably be able to introduce you. But it's it's really about just um, being open, and you don't necessarily have to have a partnership or an alliance with a particular provider to introduce them. If if we were to go to Cattle and say, hey, we a client would really be, love to talk to you, I don't think that that would ever be an issue. So in a nutshell, it really is about just kind of having this very open, dynamic, inclusive, collaborative environment, and competition is really doesn't kind of bubble up, which is, I guess, a little unusual, but um, we're definitely more of a collaborator than a competitor. Yeah, I think that all makes a lot of sense. It's really about positioning the ecosystem as leverage versus a threat or something that uh, clients should be resistant toward. But with all of the players in this complicated landscape, what advice do you give them to help navigate? 
That is it's a, a great question. And so I think you're saying you're talking about all of the different digital workforce platforms or Right. So the, you have the MSPs, the VMSs, the FMSs, all the different acronyms. How do you how do you educate them and, and what advice do you give to your clients to to start out and, and to really figure out how to create that open ecosystem? Well, I think that a lot of the providers out there, you know, the MSP and the VMS and the digital workforce platforms, they're, they're kind of stepping into that more collaborative ecosystem space. So I think the advice I would give is to, most importantly, just do as good a job as you can of, of getting your requirements in line with, you know, what you want to have delivered, and then getting some support around what is the right way to introduce some of these players right, because not all of them are necessarily wanting to collaborate or, or participate, but sometimes all it takes is maybe like one MSP or VMS to shift the model a little bit and then bring in a Catalan seamlessly and then maybe bring in um, and then bolt on with the success factors or, or whatever that looks like. But I think you've got to kind of start iteratively. Even with, with clients, you know, we're finding where they're not happy with their current solution um, or they're profoundly unhappy, but they don't want to make changes because they feel like change is going to be more painful. So the way that we recommend that, and this fits for, for everybody in the space, is to use an iterative-based approach. You know, maybe for a client who's having talent acquisition um, challenges, one of the things that they could do to start leveraging a, a digital workforce platform is maybe just do a pilot, you know, with a particular group. In fact, um, Spend Matters put out a really good article. Um, I, I that, saw that the other day. Yep. Yeah, yeah, study. Yep. Yeah, it was it was about how they rolled out the the using these digital workforce platforms, and in both cases, there was a need that came from the business. Um, and so, what they did is, you know, one approach was either they did a pilot and rolled it out slowly, and then I think the other case was where they really just took their time getting the requirements from the business. It took a little longer, and then they just kind of started um, moving that out, you know, based on the requirements across the enterprise. So in both cases, they responded to the business, and they were able to to roll it out. But I think that – I don't think that this is going to be kind of a big bang, you know, complete shift. I think it's going to have to be iterative and where you've got people that are close to the client, whether it's like us, you know, a workforce consultancy or an MSP, they're going to have to introduce um, these providers in a way that is not threatening, that can be phased and iterative. And then you just start, that's how an ecosystem starts. And then you bring in another component. But the good news is, you know, Catalan and, and the others in your space, you're designed specifically with um, functionality that can, you know, pretty much come in, you know, bolt on and, and support whatever HRI, you know, HRMS systems are already in place. So I think that that would be the biggest suggestion. Yeah, I like the idea of an iterative uh, iterative approach. Uh, it's very much like, you know, software developers work, and I think that can be applied across the board to all sorts of practices and, and definitely in this space as we pilot things and test things. You don't have to go full-fledged into one area. You can start by chipping away and then eventually get your strategy up to par and, and roll it out across the organization. So just in, in conclusion, I wanted to ask 
you to sum up why people should take advantage of the on-demand worker. What is the most compelling reason your clients engage them, and will this need continue to grow? Well, I think the biggest number one is widening the talent net because the traditional methods, you know, go to Career Builder or go, you know, find passive candidates on LinkedIn or referrals, it's you're really limiting your access to a, a whole other population of talent that's not going to be sitting out there um, or will be there but, you know, harder to get where you've got this whole other population of highly skilled, highly vetted, um, highly background checked, highly tested talent that is sitting on these platforms, these digital workforce platforms that are going to be a great add to your workforce solution. So I think that that's the most important reason um, is expanding the talent supply chain. And then also just the fact that, you you know, clients, customers need to embrace that the way we work is radically changed today. You know, we we talked about half the workforce going to be independent at some point in the next couple of years. And then, you know, you've got the millennials. Everybody talks about them. Sometimes it's all kind of, you know, a lot of times it's very negative. But on the contrary, I think millennials are a great part of our workforce, you know, but they work differently. They want to be inspired and they want to be engaged. They want to have different projects. So a lot of them, you know, will embrace this model. They they embrace, you know, kind of these different types of um, platforms. Some of them, so again, we talked about some of your best talents only sitting on those platforms. So, you know, the third piece of this is embracing that fluid workforce, which is really where we're moving towards. So, you know, this isn't something aspirational that we should start thinking about. It's already here. You know, we, we the workforce landscape has changed. The way we work has changed. Our population has changed. And so how do we really um, leverage these platforms and integrate them in a way that is going to help our clients elevate their whole workforce strategy? So. I think it's it's not something that you want to think about in the future. It's something that's here already. Um, as I spoke earlier, you've got a, kind of a grassroots movement happening in a lot of large organizations where you've got from the ground up people leveraging these platforms regardless of what HR procurement is saying because they get the, the value. And then the last piece is, I think, understanding um, how to best leverage these platforms and, and what they can and can't do. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's here. Some of your best talent can only be found in these platforms. They're very cost-effective. You know, there's a minimal fee um, as opposed to, you know, perhaps using a more traditional route with a recruiter where you pay them 20% or a staffing provider um, where there's a certain markup. Um, there's some cost-effective components. But not all of your talent is going to be found on every platform. So it's really just understanding how to integrate these platforms in a way that is holistic and comprehensive for the organization. But, you know, the the last thing is it's allowing you to be more competitive. As a company and an organization, talent is your biggest competitive differentiator. So if you want to grow as a company, if you want to make more, if you want to dominate the market, you've got to have the best talent. And so part of that strategy really should be leveraging some of these digital workforce platforms and and getting your hands on, you know, top talent that can only be found in these uh, in these communities. Absolutely, and I think that's the number one driver, right? People want to be competitive. They don't want to be left behind. So there's almost a fear of missing out if they don't take advantage of these platforms. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Just, 
wanted to wrap up with one final question. Complete this sentence. The future of work will be dot, dot, dot. Gosh. Um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be people first. That's such an overused term, so I'm going to explain that a little bit. But, you know, I think we're really, as a society and, and as a company, we're kind of shifting away from that kind of hierarchical command and control leadership that's been around for for 200 years, and it's really becoming now about the individual. You know, not only how do we find them and, and get the talent in the door, but then once we get them, how do we engage them? How do we keep them engaged? Even with candidates applying to our company, how do we send out the right message so that they walk away, even if we didn't hire them, they walk away feeling good about our company and they're a good brand ambassador for us. So I think it's about the individual um, people first and engaging the workers on that individual level. And I think that um, putting people first and then leveraging technology to connect you to those people is is where we are. I, I think it may, it may feel overused, but it is very important and cannot be said enough. So thank you, Terry, for summing that up. And thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you coming on the call and look forward to collaborating in the future and, and hearing more stories about how your clients are coming to you with, with challenges and how you're solving them. So thank you, uh, Terry, and uh, hope you have a good rest of your afternoon. Thanks, Lauren. You too. Thank you to Catalan as well.